Hello, everyone. My guest today is Adam Harris. He's the co-founder and CEO of CloudBeds. Together with his co-founder, Richard Castle, they've led CloudBeds from a small group to a small startup to an award-winning company that powers tens of thousands of hospitality properties in over 135 countries. Adam started his career as an investment banker until his love of entrepreneurship and travel pulled him in from Wall Street uh, to some of the most remote corners of the planet. He has many years of experience in consulting, built and sold multiple companies, and has traveled to more than 51 countries all over the course of his career. Adam, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right, man. So I was joking with you before the call. I said, you know, I came across cloud beds because I invested in a bunch of hostels and they all said, we use cloud beds. So tell us what you do and how do you make money? Is it a pure place SaaS company? Pure place SaaS company. Yeah. So we, we built B2B software for the hotel industry. Um, so everything from hotels to motels, the motels, adventure travel, hostels, as well as property management companies use our software around the world. And ultimately what we do is everything that you experience as a consumer. So when you walk into a property and you check in, that software behind the front desk is ours. So back office, front office, as well as some of the e-commerce components. Our goal is to help cast the widest net possible so that our properties who are powered off our system can ultimately find guests like you around the world. And so we work with partners like Airbnb and Booking.com, Expedia, all those really popular consumer point of sales. And that all feeds directly into our system. And give me a general sense. You know, I don't want to go down every cohort, you know, the motel versus the motel versus the hostel, yeah. but on average, what's the customer pay you per month, would you say? Oh man, it's a little, it's a little unique because we do it on a geographic basis. So the way we ultimately price is property type, geographics, and then the number of units. So we've, we have properties paying us, you know, thousands of dollars a month and we have properties paying us 25. So it's a really big range to be honest with you. Interesting. Can you maybe describe, not the price point, but describe the average? So the average might be, you know, a 12 bed unit, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, in North America, it's probably around 200 and some change per month uh, on, an, on, on an average basis. And then Europe might be right around that as well. And then parts of Asia might be much less. This is interesting. Okay, uh, I want to put this on a timeline and understand how a guy who's on Wall Street gets into this business. So when did you, when did you launch the company? What year? So we, we officially launched the company in October of 2012. We actually didn't become commercial till 2014. We actually had a little bit of a pivot in 2013 that we can talk about. But for the most part, we actually launched CloudBeds, the software that is today in 2014. Okay. So yeah, tell me about that. What did you launch as and how much money did you waste before realizing you got to pivot? <laughs> Yeah, so we wasted a little over a million bucks in our first sort of seed capital. And, and, and to be honest with you, I, wasted is probably a really strong word. We learned from our mistakes. How about yeah, that's that? A, that? Adam, that's a spin if I ever heard one. <laughs> um, no, you know, when we first started, we wanted to build open table for travel, right? We okay. saw all these small independent properties all over around the world who were uh, using forms to submit for a reservation request, like, hey, I want to come travel on these dates and let me see whether or not availability, that exchange wasn't real time. There wasn't a place where I could just take a widget, select my dates, see if availability was there and confirm and purchase, just like OpenTable did for us for restaurant reservations. And that was the original catalyst. When we went to Brazil, which is actually where we launched, there was the FIFA World Cup mm -hmm. coming into um, the country, which meant all this inbound consumer traffic uh, that Brazil had never experienced. Six million people were going to visit in Brazil for the first time when their average annual is less than two million. So lots and lots of demand, not enough supply that was readily available. And so we thought, why not make all of that supply, all those small properties all over that country, be bookable immediately? 
in, in real time. And so what we realized is it was almost impossible to take those, those rooms that were available and put them online without intermediary software or a lot of phone calls. And so the model had to be more B2C originally. And then we realized that without the B2B platform that we could leverage, we pivoted into a, soft, a SaaS company. And so we originally were going to be B2C. And then we realized that wasn't possible in Brazil, became a B2B you know, company and the rest is history. That's interesting. Were you living in Brazil or you'd visited there and just said, oh, we want to launch here? Um, we had a third founder early in the day who's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Um, Rich, my co-founder, he, uh, he married a Brazilian. And so he was actually living in Sao Paulo and, and spent some time in, in, in country. So actually he lived there for three years. So he was sort of running our, our, our Brazilian or Latin American office. And I obviously visited quite often, but Brazil, there was just this connections that we had to the country. We had some, you know, really good tourist connections. And, and ultimately that catalyst with the World Cup made a lot of sense early on. A lot of the, the you know, the, the Central American or South American companies I interview in the SaaS space, they say the biggest challenge, honestly, is just like dealing with boletos, right? Like there's, oh. not, there's just not an easy way to do it. So like, how did you, I mean, that's crazy to me that you, you know, Stripe, it's not just like, you know, connect a Stripe API call on an interface. You have to deal with sometimes physical tickets. How did you deal with that yep. in your early days? So we actually opened a company in Brazil. So we have a legitimate Brazilian entity that we formed, founded, and continue to operate as a cost center. And that took what normally would you go to, you know, Delaware Inc. And you can create a Delaware company in 24 hours. It took like six weeks just Ooh. to paperwork. And then once six weeks occurred, it was another six weeks and then another six weeks. So when I, when I said we originally launched in, in 2012, we probably didn't do anything productive in country for at least six months. And that's sort of the average. And um, remind me again, sorry, initial capital in the company was how much? Uh, so the initial capital was 800,000 and then it grew slightly to about 1.2 million. Okay. And total raised to date is what? 21 million. 21. Okay. So when did you raise a second round? Did you wait till you had some new traction on the new product or what? Yeah. So we, we pivoted, we actually almost, you know, went bankrupt twice. So we had less than three months of runway and we raised in at the end of 2014 when we actually could show our, our, our new product and mm-hmm. we started to get some traction um, had a couple hundred customers at that time. We actually surfaced an acquisition, our first acquisition, that made a lot of sense for the business. Which we was it? To, it was called My Allocator. It's a channel manager, and it was a two-person team. Had a you know a couple hundred customers at the time, but we unlocked a tremendous amount of value with that that purchase. Mm-hmm. And so between our our new product and this acquisition, we brought it together, raised two and a half million dollars from a, a a really polished team of uh, professional angels who also had hospitality experience. And, and what was fun about that was one of the leads actually spent about $25 million doing what we did for over a course of five years. We did the exact same thing in six months and showed them that we could do it in six months. So build the same tech stack that $25 million at a big, you know, billion dollar organization couldn't do. And he was like, this is impressive. Let's here, here's some here's some cash to go do this on the real. Oh, that's great. So a couple hundred customers in 2014 gave you enough leverage to kind of do the next round of funding, show some impressive growth to these folks that tried to do it in the past. What are you at today in terms of total customers? Uh, north of 22,000 properties use cloud beds in 135 countries. So we, we are moving about, you know, $5 billion in gross, you know, merchandising value. So room sales on behalf of our property. It's so annually or monthly? Annually. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a significant number. 
And is there, uh, are the, all those 22,000 paying or do you have a free plan? Um, no. So we, a lot of times we have customers who are, are, have multiple properties. And so, you know, we have over 9,000 paying entities and then they can have one or more properties underneath that. Interesting. And you just will increase obviously the, the fees that you're paying based off the number of properties they have yep. under you. Absolutely. Okay. Now, can I take those 9,000 logos times? Now, this was the North American number you said was 200 bucks on average, average revenue per customer. If I multiply 200 times nine grand, it puts you at about 1.8 million bucks a month in revenue. Is that generally accurate? Nope. It's so that's, that's where the, the wide variety is. We'll be north of, you know, we're, we're going to finish this year extremely strong with, you know, north of 80% growth year over year. Uh, we'll be in eight figure range. So slightly less than oh, that's where you good. That's good. So, so eight figure range. So you, you, this year is the year you break the 10 million mark or you've already broken the 10 million mark uh, on a run rate basis. We will, we will, or we're just about to break that mark. Right Dude, now. that, that, that's when you all go to Brazil to your original location. The first sign up on the platform, you buy the whole place out and you celebrate, right? Uh, we celebrated yesterday. We were ranked number 75 on the Inc 500 list. So we were very, very fast growth and that was a huge milestone for the company. But yeah, that's- that's great. Well, congratulations. And 80% year over your growth, if you're doing call it 800 grand per month right now, that means, you know, a year ago you were doing maybe about 500 grand in August of 2017 per month. Uh, a little bit less than that, but yeah, those, those okay. are, those are close. That's great. Now, how much you mentioned earlier, there's a transaction part of your business, 5 billion in transaction volume going through your platform. How much of your revenue on top of the SaaS revenue is from that transaction volume? Zero. Okay. You don't right. take a cut. No, yeah, I know we're commission free. We're one of the unique products out there that is commission free at this time. Mm -hmm. And we believe that we are the, we are the solution set to sort of empower. We don't need to be, you know, benefiting from the hard work that these property owners have to do. That's interesting. I have to, I have to tell you, I could have sworn when I looked at the, the last round of investor updates from my hostel, there was like a five or 6% cut somebody was taking. And they said, we're trying to put less bookings through them because they take so much. But it, what you're saying, it wasn't me. It wasn't you guys. It wasn't us. All right. No. It was somebody else. All right. Very yeah. good. Um, talk to me about churn. I imagine you probably have some nice, a nice little stickiness once you're actually activated on a property, but what does churn look like today and how do you manage it? Yeah. So churn, we, we cut it three different ways, right? You sort of have this trial customer that's sort of flirting with the product, isn't quite committed for a long-term solution. This doesn't happen very often. We keep our customers, at least from a long-term value perspective, over five years. That's what we project. And, and that gives us a tremendous amount of economics to sort of work with over time. Um, what, what we like about churn is you sort of the trial customer, you have the long-term co- cohorts, on a net and a gross basis. Uh, we're best in class for SMB um, software solutions. So depending on the month, it ranges, but on a net basis, we're sub 15 and that's growing in the right direction. We believe that's, in the next- Sorry, sub 15%, that's, that's logo churn? Okay. Yeah, annualized, yeah. And so what we're, what we're focused on right now is over the next 20 months is to try to get that either into a positive basis with upsells, which we don't currently do, or on a gross basis to, you know, be sub 10%. And the problem with SMBs is SMBs shut down. So on average, 35% of all SMBs will shut down in a given year. And so there's a portion of our, of our churn that we just can't control. CAC, what's it cost you to onboard a new property? About $807. And, and where's that most of that money go? Um, sales and marketing. Oh, just to your team? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. What's your team today? How many people? So last time, so last, a little bit before this point last year, we were about 60 people and we're at 197 people today. 197. Oh, wow. When was the last round of funding? Uh, 14 months ago. Okay. So you used a lot of that to drive that growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. $807 CAC, at least in North America, if you've got people paying 200 bucks a month, you're getting paid back in about four months. Is that a, sound accurate? 
Yeah. So if you took an average across our entire geos, it's more like 10 months, but it's a, that's a good figure. That's still um, a healthy e- payback. Either way, we're, we're, we're best in class in our unit economics. We have an extremely scalable model. We have cost centers that help us compete localized. And Rich and I are all about a factory over yep. here. That's good. 197. Are they all based in San Diego or where's everyone? No. So 35 different countries. We speak 17 different languages as a team. Everyone. Yeah. Right, so it's remote then? You have no office? Fully, fully remote. I'm, in, I'm actually in a physical office, but yeah, we have four, four offices, Kiev, uh, Dublin, Sao Paulo, and San Diego. And then we have people in 35 other countries. That, we, that's love, great. We're, we love remote. We are huge advocates of it. And that's how we're, how we're emboldening not only our staff, but building a pretty incredible culture over here. If I am an investor, big private equity firm, let's, let's say Sam Zell, right? One of the most famous property investors ever. And I'm going, the economy right now is frothy. I'm going to hoard cash, wait till a downturn and then buy like crazy. I'm looking at a company like Cloudbeds going, wow, if I acquire Cloudbeds, I can essentially see which pieces of property are doing the best because you have all the revenue data. And next downturn, I can really buy quick. Why hasn't a guy like Sam Zell or kind of a, a big PE firm come in and bought this for a ridiculous multiple? Oh, I, we, I can't say we haven't had those looks. Um, and we've definitely been offered some ridiculous multiples today. You know, there's other products like AirDNA, which does the sort of Airbnb revenue models. Uh, would be an awesome person to bring on your company because it's all bootstrap, crushing it. And they've basically mapped the entire ecosystem of, of Airbnb in the demand from into a financial product. And so I think from, from our perspective, the, what's interesting is the traditional investments on a um, hotel basis, it's shifting. Most of the investments are going into sort of experience-driven travel. So you talked about your investment in hostels. Hostels are seeing more money poured into them than ever before. Yep. Um, you have these sort of surf, sand, and snow um, type accommodations where it's bringing bands in like Salinas, which is a huge hostel chain in Latin America. They're trying to reinvigorate the experience and change the name and the footprint of what a hostel is. Hostels tend to be grungy and college students. Well, there's some ones in Europe that are absolutely spectacular. Yeah, I, like four-star properties. It, the, the, the metrics are incredible. I mean, all my hostel investments, when you look at the average revenue per square foot, it's three or four times what yeah. Marriott and these other ones are getting. And these are not like grungy. I mean, these are like, these are like really, really, I stay at some of them when I travel and it's like 30 yeah. bucks a bed. It's a, it's a different type of, it's a different type of experience today versus what it was in the past. Yeah. And that's going to keep evolving. So there's the private equity side, but then I, you know, I'm looking at your Twitter feed, August 8th, you have a big announcement about an integration with Airbnb. If I'm Airbnb, I'm going, this is like makes 100 million percent sense to acquire you guys. Why haven't you sold to an Expedia or an Airbnb? And how do you think about acquisition in general? Uh, we're having a lot of fun, right? So it's a, it's a, there's a, a give and a take, right? So when you give up, and you are now part of a bigger story, it changes your life, um, hopefully for forever in a good way, but it also can be in a bad way. And so it's not just the financial gain from an acquisition, it's also fit. My team has to go somewhere and they have to be comfortable with where they go. And so uh, we, we've obviously had conversations with a lot of the strategic buyers. And, and, and I think what's fun about that is there's never the perfect time to do it, but then there's also always the opportunity to do it in the future. 
what we're focused on right now is just keep building our financial profile as an organization and then also create environments where our team is successful in that balance has produced amazing results. And if someone offers us a ridiculous multiple, sure, I might be the first person to sign that document. But at this time, we're just focused on keep building. We're having a lot of fun over here. Are you raising any capital right now? Um, yeah, we're always raising. You know, we're always looking at what's out there. We're always talking to big groups. Um, you know, for, for us, we're in a really healthy cash position. We don't need to raise. It would be to raise for a benefit of uh, some you know, acquisition that we wanted to do or a strategic purchase of software, wh- whatever that might be. Uh, we haven't really determined what that looks like right now. So we're, we're playing, playing the game where we don't need to raise. And so we're going to keep, you know, in a really good pole position. And based off how much you've raised and how recently you did it, I assume you're not cash flow positive today, correct? We are not. No, we're, we're focused on, you know, investing in areas that we see growth in and we've deliberately not be, not become cash flow positive, but we have a roadmap to get there. Right? Yeah, if, you, if you take net burn today and divide that into cash in the bank today, I mean, do you generally have more than a 12 month runway ahead of you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. Good. Um, last question, RV parks. Do RV parks use you guys? Uh, we have a few actually, and we're starting to expand into that. A lot of campgrounds are coming to us. A lot of these glamping, you know, environments that are now the new, you know, new rage. So we have two of the, you know, two of the biggest ones that are powered off us. Collective Retreats is an incredible brand that's doing some really fun things there that is powered off cloud beds. And um, absolutely love the outdoor adventure type travel. That's one yep. of my favorite spaces. I'm a huge fisherman for me. So anything I can do that's related to like fishing camps or hunting lodges or things like that, I'm all for. And, and I'd like that. We actually joke as a management team that we want to hire just one salesperson, just focused on places that we can go play on our off time. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Last question. Do you guys offer our retargeting products so that if I know that Adam Harris went fishing in Wyoming at a glamp site that I should, you know, upsell him on the same thing in the middle of Europe, you know, in the in next summer? You know, it's interesting. We don't, we do not bring data together across properties. We're really focused on individualizing it. That's, that's not only a privacy issue. There's a lot of data changes in laws that have, have, have been brought to our attention. I'm sure you got bombarded with all those GDPR announcements that took place. Um, but that's a really interesting product. And it's something that we've definitely thought about knowing your customer is huge in, in any industry and especially on a travel and an experience basis. Um, properties that do have multiple properties across multiple geos can obviously share their data. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you. we're out of time. Let's wrap up quickly with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, favorite business book, neuromarketing. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? I uh, love the educational series that Jeff Weiner from LinkedIn has um, in Linda. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Uh, a new sales product it's called Groove App. It's incredible. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs> Ranges, but I try to do at least six. That's good. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Married, two dogs. Two dogs. All right. And how old are you? Uh, 36. 36. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? I wish I had taken a job, worked abroad, and lived abroad. Guys, there you have it. You know, take a job, lived abroad, done more stuff abroad. It sounds like he's kind of bi-curiously doing that now. Fully remote team, which I love. Building cloud beds. Launched it back in, call it 2012. Kind of had an early failure, then pivoted. Uh, has since scaled nicely. Over 9,000 property owners use him to manage check-ins and even processing payments. That's across 22,000 properties. They're about to pass or just passed about 10 million bucks in terms of annual run rate. Economics healthy. Less than 15% annual logo turn on a net basis. Spending 
800 bucks to acquire a customer across their entire base geographically, about a 10-month payback period. Again, super healthy, 21 million bucks raised, team of 197 people, totally remote. Adam, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Loved having a conversation. Thanks, Nathan. Have a great day, bud.